Let's sell liberty and look good doing it with Proud Libertarian. Folks, when we're selling liberty, we have to start things off by peaking interest. And what better way to peak some interest than by rocking some amazing apparel from Proud Libertarian. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Do Good Recklessly t-shirt, but there's more than t-shirts to find from awesome taxationist theft snapbacks to the killer Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death hoodies. Proud Libertarian has all the libertarian swag you need. And guess what? Brian Nichols Show audience members can rock the latest libertarian swag and save some cash on every single order. All you have to do, use code TBNS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire cart at checkout. That's right. Each time you order, use code TBNS and you'll instantly get 10% off your entire order. Listen, I am super excited to have Proud Libertarian here as a sponsor on The Brian Nichols Show. So do me a favor, head over there to Proud Libertarian, place your order today, use code TBNS at checkout, save 10% on your order and help support libertarian entrepreneurs today. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who's getting uh, Congressman Massey on and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Friday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show is the last Friday of February already? Where's 2021 going? And and by the way, happy almost one-year anniversary of uh, 15 days to slow the spread. Yes, I am Brian Nichols, your humble host here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on another fun-filled episode today. We are joined by, of course, another phenomenal guest. Today, I'm joined by Kanan Vitolo. Now, Kanan is most known in the greater libertarian, conservatarian uh, world for his meme work. And and you, I'm sure, have seen a Kanan Vitolo meme somewhere out there in the wild, or heck, even on a national TV, uh, like you know, with Chris Cuomo on CNN. How about that? Um, so Kanan is, is making a difference because one of the hardest things we have to do here, not just at um, the Brian Nichols Show, but in the greater liberty movement, is how do we take these sometimes very difficult to understand ideas, break them down, and make it so your average person can say, oh, that makes sense, or makes them laugh, and then gets them to ask some more questions, right? That is exactly the value that memes bring to the table. And honestly, I think why we've had so much success in the past 10 years of actually changing some people's hearts and minds. So uh, with that being said, it's a fantastic conversation and a great way to think about things a little differently and how we reach people. So with that being said, on to the show, Kenan Vitolo here on The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, what's up? How you doing, bro? I'm doing good. Kenan, thank you so much, man, for joining The Brian Nichols Show. I've been looking forward to uh, this conversation because I've been seeing you around the uh, the libertarian circles. And my goodness, I saw you not just on libertarian circles. I saw you on corporate media, my man. You had your your memes shared by the great big CNN. How about that? So Kanan Vitola, my, my friend, you, you're doing the Lord's work. You're getting our, our messaging, which can sometimes be difficult to understand, and actually making it so people are saying, oh, that makes sense. So let's start here. Introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience and the, the, the memes. What, what is this this memes I'm, I'm referring to? Yeah, man. Um, so a little background on me. I'm actually one of the few libertarians that is actually raised libertarian, which I think is very, very rare. Most of the time, especially, you know, like I, I'm, I'm 26 years old. Most of the time you hear people, it's like, hey, after the Iraq war, I kind of realized, hey, the Republican Party wasn't for me. Or you kind of hear people in the Democrat Party. It's like, hey, 
after a while, I kind of don't believe that they're for the poor and they learn these things. But for me, my father gave me a copy of Ron Paul's Revolution in 2008 and uh, wow. really haven't turned back since. So a little bit different background there. But I mean, I flirted with um, some GOP stuff a little bit. I, um, I, I worked for uh, U.S. Senator Blackburn, who was then Congressman Blackburn in college and uh, interned for her. Um, still wasn't a big fan then. Um, just thought it'd be a really good experience. Um, during college, I was uh, president of Young Americans for Liberty at Middle Tennessee State University, um, which was cool. I did that for about a year and a half, held that title. And um, now um, when it comes to politics, I, I create content for being libertarian. I just started over there um, last May. So that's uh, and then on my own, I just I do whatever people call it. People call it, you know, social influencing or whatever, but really just spreading the word of liberty. And that's the the mission, right? And part of what I think the hardest part is, is to get people to actually want to have that conversation. So I, my day job, I'm a sales executive, right? And what I'm focusing on is how do we create value? How do we get people to say, oh, interesting, tell me more. Can I, can I learn a little bit more? And sometimes that's the hardest part because in this just nonstop 24-7 news cycle, people are getting bombarded left and right. I mean, the stimulation is on fire nonstop because I mean, your cell phone is, is within arm's reach at all times. So how do we, I guess, stand out? And that's the, the challenge for every sales organization. How do we stand out? So Ken, what have you been doing that you have found has been successful in helping not just stand out, but also help people to actually ask some more questions? Well, honestly, I think the two party system right now is actually our biggest competitive advantage. They're helping us. We can really almost take a step back and where they're yelling and fighting. It's too, it's almost too easy right now where if someone is open to have a conversation where you get them at a point where you're talking, I mean, we're at a point in life right now where it, they're telling us on the media, everything's so separated and it's Democrat versus Republican on how are we dealing with this COVID issues. But I mean, I'm telling you right now, I know, 30-year Democrats whose small businesses were closed down, and now they're completely open to having conversations. Like, how would a free market deal with these issues? Or maybe you even have, you know, I, I'm here in uh, Middle Tennessee, where we've had lockdowns ourselves, and we have now Republicans questioning um, their representatives, like, are they standing for us? Are they truly free market um, you know, representatives. I mean, so right now it's a little bit easier because they're helping us over time. It should get easier as in when nothing changes and they just yell, there's so much volume of just crap left and right. And so much hate kind of being the mature person in the room is a little bit easy. People are looking for answers right now. Sadly, people are at the lowest of the lows right now. We're in this temporary recession and you know so people's wallets are hurting the same old crap lockdowns are still occurring capacity restrictions people want answers and there's no party right now either of those parties are doing anything to fix it so people are looking for answers this is the best time right now people are willing to listen yeah well that's when you're going to sales right you're you're touching on exactly what we talk about you're find the pain point what's what is the issue or in this case what's the you know the the conversation that they're having in their mind what are they saying is like oh man this is my real issue i have whether it's my you know my family what's you know the the economic situation of my family are we able to put food on the table which 
Yeah, that's something that nobody should have to think about, but many families were forced into that position this past year, and not just because of a virus, but explicitly due to the action by politicians trying to do good to make people say like, oh, look, I'm doing something. Trust me, because I'm doing something. And now we're seeing, you know, you have folks like Andrew Cuomo up there in New York, my home state of New York. And, and you see, he ended up not only just like causing more death and destruction, but then went behind the scenes to cover it up and is, is threatening people's careers. So, I mean, to your point, man, there there are lifelong Democrats I know from you know my my New York days and they're they're like, what is going on? And they're looking right, they're looking for answers. They're looking for someone to be an authentic human being and just kind of talk and, and actually address this like the problems that are, are out there. And I guess part of the problem in my experience is then people don't want to really talk about the problems. They want to more preach, right? So how do we, I guess, go from being the people who are, you know, the, the folks getting people now to say, tell me more to then getting them to stick around, right? What, what, what's the way that you found success in actually getting them to say, Hey, now that I, I'm asking you the questions to tell me more, now I'm going to stick along for the long haul. Well, it's, it really does have to be data driven. And obviously that's step two, you got to get them to the table first. So like where I just touched on previously is I think that they're doing step one for us where people are naturally coming to the table, looking for answers Like in a libertarian society. That sounds crazy. How, how is that synonymous during a global pandemic? How do we even talk about this? Well, they're doing literally next to everything wrong right now. Both parties, you have you know, you have Texas, Florida, California, New York, all doing completely different things with very similar results, which are pretty negative. And it's something that I'm not even blaming someone like Governor, uh, Governor Newsom on, where it's like he's doing something wrong. I think that people are finally in this time realizing that what's the point where we stop trying to do something? You touched that on what you were saying, like, is it a time we take a step back and stop looking for politicians to do something? And maybe like we shouldn't have these blanket regulations and stuff like that. So honestly, what it does have to come into in the next step, especially in a, in a COVID context, it has to be education. People really need to understand how markets work. So I, for, for me, it's people do, they'll, they'll message and they'll reach out and say, Hey, I really like some of the stuff I don't really understand. So I do like suggesting certain reading, um, material, stuff like that. I mean, I, I have an economics degree that, that that's, that's my background in college. I'm a huge nerd about it. And people like, like, I, I get your principles, but I just want to know how I want to be able to like, figure this out myself. I want to be able to tell my friends I'm confused about what's going on. I thought I was a lifelong Democrat who believed in all these regulations and they were helping. So I think that providing the education and taking that next step and the people that we look up uh, up to, you know, people like Freeman and Soul, all of that, that's the the next step is really pro providing that education. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think that they've hooked us up with the first step so much that like this is the best time to capitalize on. Right. Now. Yep, and and we're seeing now that the conversation is changing. Right, it's changed away from these kind of. These squishy platitudes. So like, I'll give you an example. The conversation used to be, and I saw this back when I was in college, right? You'd have, okay, well, in the Second Amendment, where the period was located, did it actually mean that they had the right to bear arms as an individual or as a militia? 
And now, if we were to actually be true to ourselves, that's not the conversation we should be having. The conversation is, do you have the right to defend yourself against a tyrannical government? That's the, the difference in not just the conversation, but also in the way that we should be framing the argument, I think. Because once you get stuck in this mindset, and I see this too many times with our friends on the right, I would say, they, they go, always go back to the Constitution. Well, it's in the Constitution, damn it. It's, the, it's in the First Amendment. Okay, what does that mean? Why why is the First Amendment important? Let's, let's talk about that. Because when you're talking about this to folks on the left, they just say that's a silly piece of paper. And, and to their point, it is a piece of paper. And, and, but then it's on us to explain the value of that paper and sure. the value of those ideas. So, I guess when we're talking about some of these these harder to understand concepts, like the idea of you know being able to defend yourself, right? Um, you know, personal sure. autonomy. <laughs> how how yeah. are we able to I guess take the the bumper sticker, the, the platitude, the meme, right, and then break it sure. down in a way that now people are starting to ask more questions to dig deeper into the actual philosophy. Sure, um, simplicity is always going to be key. At first, when you're getting people to come to the door and realize there has to be really really simplistic messaging to get them there, but then we do need the educators, the people that are, you know, and I, I am not in this realm. There are plenty of really, really smart, intelligent people in this community that are high educators that basically can help people see these next levels. So like the second amendment's one you brought up, which is a very important issue that last year was huge talking about when the, all the riots were going on. And for the first time, it was a really easy conversation with Democrats for the yep. first time. I was like, hey guys, this is what we've been talking about. You, you're in the suburbs in Portland right now. Can you not see why this might not be an issue? Yep. And so like where I keep going back to, they provide us this first step. The next is why. So especially when it goes to stuff like the Constitution, you, you brought it such a good point where it's like, oh, but it's in the Constitution. But what does that mean? And then you're arguing about commas. You're, you're arguing about, well, what does a militia mean? I go, hey, if you have trouble understanding Go read what the founders were writing about these amendments. Yeah. There are thousands of pages of information that we can be providing for people. It's like if, if anyone ever questions the Second Amendment, I don't know if that's what they really intended. Like, oh, no, no, pl please go read anything Madison said about this. Literally anything or Jefferson, it, it, you will see. So we have to be directing people to it. I think at first it's got to be the simplification and I think that they're really doing the first step. Um, but it's also, we do have to market to the right and left a little bit differently, right? No, for sure. So it is, is libertarians, you know, some people definitely see us right down in the middle. I am one of those that do tend to believe that we are on the right side of a political compass. So for me is how, how I explain it a lot and why it is different is Democrats, we need to convince them literally to change their principles they truly believe we are all here to forcefully no matter what help each other out through some sort of extortion government program and they have all these principles that they believe in republicans we need to convince them they're wrong about their principles and not living up to them right i mean it's it was it gosh was it brown that said it it was basically like the republicans they they campaign like libertarians and they govern like democrats it's the best quote, the most accurate quote ever. Everything they say, it's so, so it's funny. You get a lot of libertarians becoming Republicans during primaries, during debates, right before the general election, because what they are saying on the right, like, wait, I, I do agree with that. Like, yep. am, I, am I Republican now? Like, maybe they are doing it right. But as soon as they're in office, as soon as they're writing legislation, it goes straight back to it. 
So it's really convincing Republican voters, like, hey, I know they're saying all these things, but I'm telling you right now, here are these voting records. These are not great. These people are not your free market types. They do not stand up for, you know, small businesses. They are very, very, they're, they're all, you know, for the most part, there's there's not many congressmen that I, you know, Thomas Massey for me is one of the last ones, yep. you know, I, I, I'm one of the, I'm one of the Rand, I, I, I'm still a Rand Paul fan. Now, I know libertarians have a, I think that he played it just right. And I think that we'll see that in the future. He said a lot of things that is libertarians that are a little bit troublesome. Basically, he, he went into a lot about the war stuff with Trump. And honestly, like I, I'm one of those libertarians. I, I'll give Trump a high five. I'll give Biden a high five. I, I gave Obama high fives. I think Trump, what he did different to separate himself on some of the war stuff was better than what we've seen in past administrations. And it's crazy. It's only because we have such a low bar, right? We're so literally true. talking about, I have to give a high five to Donald Trump for not starting a war. I mean, like literally that, that would be like your kid coming home from school. Right. And I, I give him a high five for not yelling out in class. Like what, what, what the hell? Like what, what are we doing? It's just, it's such a low bar. Sadly, that is where we're at though, because there is a lot of pressure, right? I mean, you know, where, where you've got Biden's administration coming from, they're really hiring executives to run the Pentagon that are in defense contracting. That's a serious issue. So basically, sorry, back to Rand Paul and a little tangent. That, but with Rand is, I think that he'll be, the few things that Trump talked about, he influenced some of his voters for some good. And he went in some of an anti-war messaging. Now that now I, I know that some of the libertarians really, uh, I think uh, Joe Jorgensen uploaded something right after talking about the reality and how troops really aren't back and all that. And actually, completely right. I mean, you know, I've still got friends. I I, I was in the Marines. I've still got buddies and Jesus, you know, six seven countries right now. Wow, and. So people aren't back now. However, you know, combat operations are down, but the messaging is different and it's super important. So to see a president come out and basically upload stuff that was like how libertarians have been talking about forever. He literally referenced the military industrial complex. Oh my gosh. I mean, literally, I, that was like JFK getting anti-Fed and we all saw what happened with him. I mean, really, I mean, that's, it was very, very remarkable. So the messaging is the first step. So if we can capitalize on this and have someone like a Rand Paul step in and capitalize on some of the good that Trump said, I know some of the libertarians want to turn their back on Rand because he's been there and he's, but honestly, most of the messaging, his voting record's still great. That's he, I try he, to was the most, he was the most uh, consistently opposed Republican vote in the Senate against trump during all four years his voting record stands yeah. against trump the most yeah so that's what i try to tell people it's like i understand he gets all buddy buddy try to influence them but hey we all begged for a liberty-minded person to be in dc to just influence he in the senate he was one person that i would consider a true liberty believer and someone that really understands the principle at heart Honestly, to have him in the ear of the president of the United States, we would have died for that 15 yes. years ago, right? Imagine if we would have had a senator in 2002 and three to 
really be there with W to be like, hey, this is probably not the way we're overreacting. It would have been huge. And we're so quick. And it all goes back to this, you know, principled versus, you know, reality. And I think that Rand has played it right. And my biggest fear is libertarians will turn their back when it comes to 2024 on Rand. It, there's a great chance he's going to run again. And for me, I think it's very, very important to remember, like what you said, talking about his voting record. Like he, he, he was next to Trump, took some pictures, was nice. For me, the only thing that I can just off the top of my head, like I did not like that was that he voted for Kavanaugh. I'm not yep. a big Kavanaugh guy. I think that he really has a flawed understanding of the Constitution. And for me, that that was a little unsettling. I think that he was playing a little bit party politics with how the Democrats went and attacked Kavanaugh over the, all of those allegations and ran kind of hopped right in. But for me, when it comes down to it, if you, if you go and you look at every single vote, the hundreds a year, thousands a year, it's everything that every libertarian would vote. You know, I think that so many times that we look at things and, you know, more the anarchist side of libertarianism, which which is a huge issue in itself, because that's where you really get into the paradox, right? When you get into the paradox of, hey, we, we have these anti-government people that are also influencing inside the libertarian party yep. or the liberty messaging. How does this work to really influence? Because for me, I mean, what I tell you, because know, like for me, if, if, if it's anarchy versus minarchism, I'll choose the anarchy every way. That's not what's on the table right now. But if you come to me right now and say, hey, we have a chance to lower or even change to a flat tax rate versus our progressive tax rate system, or and then lower my taxes up to 10 to 15%, I'm choosing that any day of the week. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. You know, it sucks. So we'd all love it, but we're not going to wake up in our Ron Paul society. We're not going to wake up one day and everyone is, you know, wearing a revolution t-shirt. And it's not like that. I wish it was. Yeah. And it's, you know, for me, it's like, I have so many anarchist friends and I get it. I mean, some of my early influencers and people that I look up to are anarchists and they're just fully against it. Air July, you know, it's just like, he is a genius and makes you like, you know, you, you listen to him preach and you're just like, oh my God, I'm a full anarchist, <laughs> you know? But then for me, it's just like, you know, I, I disagree on a few things where it's like, you know, I will take, you know, the little steps and it's okay. I, I think that one thing is libertarians, we all need to do is take a step back and be like, it's okay to go about this in separate ways, right? I don't think it's bad to hate on someone trying to run for the LP for president as much as I don't think it's a issue that we have libertarians in the Republican Party. I like do it both ways. What what is the harm about that? Obviously, I would love as much, you know, power. It'd be one thing if they're running against each other, right? But that's not the issue. We we don't have a you know libertarian candidate running for uh, the set, Rand Center seat in Kentucky. That that's not the issue that we're talking about right. here. So it gets really really weird when we're doing this internal fighting. Like you're doing it the wrong way. Oh my gosh. You guys are all trying to corrupt the GOP and, you know, change from the inside are just such morons. Then you go to the LP and, you know, people like me hate it. I, that's that's wrong. We all do it. I, I, I've been a problem in that where, you know, I've taken a step back. I'm like, why am I hating? I'm, let them do their own way. Let's try it. For me, I'm one of those people. I do think going the GOP route, for me, it has been the most successful in, in that – 
Go ahead. As I said, well, and that's okay, right? That's it's that's okay. the market. Like that's what we it's... talk about every single day. We talk about this thing about the market and how competition makes people do better, and, and it raises all boats because now you're, you're actually having to put your ideas out there and compete. And and that's yeah. something in the liberty movement we have to understand. We don't have to have just one approach. Like that's yeah. that's yeah. the polar opposite of what we yeah. talk about day in it's... and day out. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's so funny you say that. Me and my, uh, me and my, uh, one of my tenants were talking yesterday. And just, uh, he's a full Democrat, and he's kind of talking about. We were talking about the early. How do we do this messaging? Why is libertarian message? Why is it radical to me? And I said it's crazy. I believe that libertarians understand the market better than any other party, but also the worst at marketing at the same time. So true. And it's just the craziest thing to me. That we can't just, you know, look in the mirror for a second. It's like, hey, let's just do this right. Let, let's let's yeah. have everyone try their ways. What's working? So for me, I, I think it's the best way to go, mainly because the results are there. Now we have so many people working really, really hard inside the LP, great friends of mine. And on these lower levels, people are getting elected. That's amazing. High fives so to huge. everyone. I want I want to keep seeing that. That's amazing. But for me to hate on glenn jacobs for being a republican here you know the county of knoxville like why he's yeah. doing amazing things. he's elected and the he's king he'll there. snap you in half right? like come on say, that's the last guy i'm talking shit that's right yeah <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's the last guy but you know i do like to see the results so it, it you know even the you're more anarchist or you're or even pro lp types they have trouble hating on someone like Thomas Massey. The guy might be the most principled guy I've seen in politics at the highest level, like literally. So how do we argue that someone that Thomas, where we are all agreeing with on votes, how is this a wrong way? Right. When I talk to my friends in the LP, that's like, oh, this is so dumb. We're doing this. We've tried this. We've tried this. I'm like, but it, we're, it's crazy. It's one of those things where you don't really see the results also. The fact that Rand Paul was one of the very, very few swing votes in the Senate. Yes. I don't think that people realize how big that is. That was huge. It, it, I mean, like at one point he was like one of two, I think, in the early in, in the maybe the first two years of the Trump administration, one, two, or three, that they were going to him every single time. Is Rand Paul gonna vote on this? How awesome is that? I mean Trump was trying to make Trump care, which was just another – I mean it might have been Obamacare too. Rand Paul single-handedly killed that. Yes, he did. Literally. I mean I, I gave – that that was one of the most important, I think, things that he's really done in his career at the highest level. And we just don't see those things because those are the things that didn't happen. So, so often – the things that don't happen go unrecognized. Oh, right? it's so true. Okay. So that's that in, in like business and sales, like that is the most true thing because I can, I can go to the KPIs, you know, Brian, how'd your sales team do this week? Well, you know, we here, we can go look at the, the call numbers. We can look at the emails sent out and stuff. That doesn't, that doesn't quantify the story. That doesn't quantify sure. what was the value statement that my, my team member gave, you know, what was the objection sure. that they received? Were they prepared for that objection or, or did they create value in the right way? And and that, to your point, that's where we're missing it, right? We see the yeah. action, 
And we're like, well, we're doing the action. Why aren't we getting the result? But it's just not the act alone. It's it's the value. It's it's the the, the, un, the unspoken thing that you really can't put your yeah. finger on. That which, we focus on. Which is crazy because as libertarians, we all understand the importance of governments not doing things. Right. But then we look at the more pro-liberty candidates and we don't place the correct value on when they – I mean, literally when they hinder these kind of bills from being passed, and that is absolutely huge, yes. right? I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, it, it's just, it's insane to me. But, and back to that point, I, I think that we need to get back to a place in the LP because there's a major issue right now. I mean, the Trump years killed it for so many reasons. Gary Johnson took a few people away. And honestly, I voted for Gary and I have no problems that I voted for Gary. I think that, He's kind, of, he's kind of a goofball here and there, you know, whatever. He could have fixed about, you know, five to ten things that would have made me a little bit more proud of my vote. Maybe be wearing a T-shirt around, but whatever. I, I, I'm glad I did it. But the thing is, is that between that, Trump took a lot of libertarians. You know, we are we're still a small community. You know, we're still getting less than 3% of the vote. I mean, I don't even remember what the total ended up being. Was it 1.4% of Ballpark, this one? Yeah. Something like that. And just like, so Trump took a lot because he preaches very, very libertarian ideals. Now, do those come to fruition? That's, you know, right. that that's where we have to talk really get into the details. But that happened. A lot of people didn't like how, you know, Jorgensen and the LP basically did their messaging. I was one of those people that I was not huge on Jorgensen. It, 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 I, I didn't think the messaging was there. I don't believe that pandering to the left is the way to do it. But like I said, if that's their way, go for it. I just personally, I'm not going to stand with it. I don't believe it's the easiest way. Um, going back to the start, what I was saying is mainly because I think it's easier to convince a Republican, you're not living up to your principles, than it is to go to a Democrat and say, change your principles. Change your life view. Literally, I mean, yeah. you're, I mean, you're, you're educated. You've read Karl Marx. You've read all these things, and it's just like to convince someone rather than go to a Republican. It's like, hey, I, I, I promise. Like for for us, like we have, uh, you know, Governor Bill Lee in Tennessee. It's not that hard for me to go to a to go to a Republican voter here. And be like, this guy, how he dealt with the lock, lockdowns. This is not free market. This is not what he preached to get elected. This is not what you. If you would tell me what your beliefs and principles are. This isn't it. You guys are not electing people that are working. They're not working for you or your own principles. I believe that's easier. So that's just my thing. And I, I believe that we just need to get back to a place where, how you said, treat it as a market with competition. Why is that crazy for the party that obsesses over markets to understand? I, it blows me away every single day. And my goodness, we'll make sure we let you guys know how much we love markets until we're blue in the face and, and to our detriment, to, <laughs> to say the least. But I mean, Canon, as is we're, you know, I looked at the time. I was like, oh, my God, we're already at half an hour, which caught me off guard because this conversation can keep on going for, I could say, well over a couple hours. Um, this is something that you know, I'm, I'm seeing we're having trouble with is how do we, I guess, kind of <laughs> as a movement come around this idea that we, we have been doing it hasn't been working like and, and and to the point that you made while we we can identify the areas that we have had some success let, let's focus on those instead so i guess as we're, we're wrapping up here let's kind of paint the picture for some optimism right you're you're seeing some success in 
the local, I would say, libertarians being elected across the country. We are seeing some success in having folks like Thomas Massey, for example, and Rand Paul, whether they're you know 100% pure libertarians, no, but I would say they are definitely allies, right? So we're seeing some folks get elected and they're having um you know at least some very strong sway in, in the national conversation. So let's I guess, looking forward to 2024, what's the, the, the positive outlook for, for folks? Where do you see us going and how can we get that message on point? Yeah, so I think we do need to capitalize on the things that are, are working. For me, you know, so someone like Glenn Jacobs, who's a little bit newer in the, in, in the political arena, it does work still. You know, Rand's been there for a few years. Thomas Massey has now, but it still works. And it's not just Kentucky, you know, you know, like, you know, it's people are looking for something new. People are more engaged than I believe ever before, at least in my lifetime where people are awake and now they might be reading their own bias on either side, but people are more paying attention. And when that happens now, maybe in the short term, they're just getting very, very polarized when it comes to right and left in that messaging. But in a few years, when things do not change, right? When, so when you have Democrats that just, you know, did nothing but, you know, Trump ruined this world. Democrats will here to save the world. What happens three years from now, you know, when we're, we're in the debates for 2024 and the same people are poor, yep. you know, there's still police brutality. We're still in the same wars. If I had to go into crazy bet we're probably going to be somewhere else in the middle east like things probably are not going to change now that more eyes are paying attention right i think that we're going to see a bounce back in in american culture where it's been so polarized it's such a hard topic more than ever you don't talk politics at the table now more than ever yeah that used to be a saying but now it's like like for me like you don't talk about it at work i mean i'm I'm in the entertainment industry. We're the biggest music agency in the world. I would never bring up politics at work. People know where I stand. It's just not a thing I do, but I think it's because it was Trump era. Now, if you could blame that on Trump or the media, whatever. I believe it will be easier. And that's some of the optimism I see. I, things bounce back. It's a rubber band. It'll come straight back where it'd be easier. And if that takes, you know, Trump getting completely out of the political atmosphere for people to be like, now we can talk about it. Oh, it's okay. I may say, that's dumb. We had to do that, but whatever, let's have this conversation now. Guess what? I am not, I'm not a Nazi because I don't believe that a minimum wage helps anyone really. I, it, it's just like, we can have that conversation now. So I think that's a little bit optimistic. I think that we will be able to have conversations um, more frequently in a, that, that, that will help for sure. But when it comes to the LP itself in the Libertarian Party, I think for me, it's capitalizing on what's worked. And I, I think that you're, you've already seen where we talk about markets and how people react to things. I think that the reason that we saw the Libertarian vote go down by so much is because that we realized, hey, we put in all this effort and this time. It just isn't working. People aren't getting yeah. on board. The most the, the most hype I've ever been for the LP was when Gary Johnson that one time pulled at like 15%. Like that yeah. one time. And I was like, holy shit, are we going to get in national debates and be able to be like, neither of you guys give a shit about spending. Neither of you guys. Like, no. 
that just it, it hasn't worked out. It's worked out twice, honestly. I think that we're going to learn, hey, there are other ways. We're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to infiltrate other parties. Yeah. I think that we're gonna have to capitalize. I think that we already are learning that. We will. I think you'll see more resources flow in to getting how do we access into the other parties, which to me, I, I believe the GOP is that route. Well, Kanan, at the very least, we uh, we have some blueprints that we can start looking back to and uh, looking at the blueprint you've put forward that through uh, getting people to ask some questions and also to laugh. Laughing is important. I had Chrissy Mayer on the show and we had to have that conversation. It's okay to laugh. And if we're out there being the content producers, getting people to laugh and asking more questions, I think we're doing our job, man. So Right, dude, I, I agree. So, so many times I have to like, you know, I try to get all serious and, you know, then like, I tell so many jokes. I'm like, oh man, are people coming to my page? And like, oh man, it's just too funny. Like whatever. Does it need to be more about the education? It's okay to just chill the hell out. Be right? you too. Be authentic. It's been so tense. It's been so tense for four years. Let's take a step back. Let's rebound. Yeah. Let's do it. I, I think we'll, we'll be fine. People, we just have to get people to be able to have a conversation again. I think we win. I think the other parties are setting us up for success. That's how crazy it is. Be yourself too. That's the that's one thing we're seeing right now as we're wrapping up, right? And and this will be a great plug because I want people to be able to find out more about you. Um, but to be yourself, to be authentic, people are looking for people to be real. They're looking for some authenticity. They're looking for someone just to say, hey, listen, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to give you what I think is the, the best option and I'm going to tell you why. And I believe it. Right. And people are just looking for that, but also that the person's a human, the person cares and is empathetic. So yeah. the more we can do that, the more we're going to be able to re- relate to people and actually show people we care. And and I find the yeah. best way to uh, to show people we care is to actually care. So that being said, Kanan, where can folks go ahead and follow you and stay up to date with all you're doing? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have my page on Facebook. That's just my name, Kanan Vitolo. It'll, it'll be in the name on the post and the podcast here. And then Twitter, I've got my own thing. And then I obviously I create content for being libertarian and um, vintage political memes. So that that works too. So fantastic, man! And I I constantly am sharing the uh, the great work that you guys are doing over there, being libertarian and also at vintage political memes. So I'll make sure I not only include the links to the, both of those in the show notes, but also uh, links to uh, your Twitter and such, so people can go ahead and follow you, stay up to date while you're doing. But also, my friend, thank you for all you're doing. It, yeah. it is it is so right, important. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, this has been yeah. a blast, and we'll make sure we have you again in the uh, the near future, Ken. Thank you so much. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, man. Let's sell liberty and look good doing it with proud libertarian. Folks, when we're selling liberty, we have to start things off by piquing interest. And what better way to pique some interest than by rocking some amazing apparel from Proud Libertarian. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Do Good Recklessly t-shirt, but there's more than t-shirts to find from awesome taxationist theft snapbacks to the killer Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death hoodies. Proud Libertarian has all the libertarian swag you need. And guess what? Brian Nichols Show audience members can rock the latest libertarian swag and save some cash on every single order. All you have to do, use code TBNS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire cart at checkout. That's right. Each time you order, use code TBNS and you'll instantly get 10% off your entire order. Listen, I am super excited to have Proud Libertarian here as a sponsor of the Brian Nichols Show. So do me a favor, head over there to Proud Libertarian, place your order today, use code TBNS at checkout, save 10% on your order and help support libertarian entrepreneurs today. 
Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Kanan Vitolo. Thank you, Kanan, for joining The Brian Nichols Show. I really, really enjoy the conversation because uh, this is how we're going to make a difference, by changing people's minds, and we change people's minds by getting them to say, well, tell me more. So if you want to go ahead and get some more folks to say, tell me more, well, do me a favor, go ahead and share this episode with them, and go ahead and uh, tag me at Liberty on Twitter, Facebook, Minds.com, or Parlor.com. Go ahead, again, at Liberty. and if you want to go ahead and say hi, well, you can go ahead, shoot me an email, brian at briannicholsshow.com. And yes, it is Friday, so you know what that means. It's time to read one of our awesome five-star rating and reviews. This comes from CB. Check this out. As someone who is not strongly politically minded, this show is a great way to listen to differing viewpoints on hot topics. The guests are interesting. Brian is so entertaining and easy to listen to. The topics are always relevant. Be sure to check it out. Thank you, CB, so much. And if you want to go ahead and hear your review read here on The Brian Nichols Show, please go ahead to your favorite podcast catcher. Give us a five-star rating and review. Yes, we charge you nothing here at The Brian Nichols Show. All I ask, though, is five minutes of your time. Head over there. Tell folks why you are a longtime listener of The Brian Nichols Show or a brand-new listener, whatever it may be. Just a quick little blurb. Hey, why you find value uh, every single week, three episodes being downloaded. That's right in your podcast catcher. And what can you expect as we head into next week? Well, of course, three phenomenal episodes starting things off on Monday. We are joined by another phenomenal libertarian podcaster, and he is a new sponsor on The Brian Nichols Show, one John Odermatt from the Great Lions of Liberty, and he is the head of the new amazing company, Run Your Mouth Coffee, a new phenomenal sponsor. By the way, you want to go ahead and get some awesome coffee, uh, go to Run Your Mouth Coffee and uh, use code Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S, at checkout, 10% off all orders. Uh, that'll be on Monday, coming up here on Wednesday. We are joined by a friend of the show, Sam Jacobs, talking about the Second Amendment under an era of Joe Biden. And on Friday, we are joined by Scott Feltman from the One Israel Fund, uh, learning more about what One Israel Fund is doing in terms of trying to help uh, humanitarian efforts in the greater uh, Israeli-Palestinian uh, areas uh, and to help those in need. So a great conversation with Scott. Three phenomenal episodes coming up here next week. So folks, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Do not miss a single episode. But with that being said, it's Brian Nichols signing off. You're on The Brian Nichols Show for Kanan Vitolo. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.